0: On another exciting episode of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, we got waterbending, we got necromancy, and we got demon bunnies. We're talking about Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2, Episode 11, Seance, right after these ads we have no control over.
1: Sing along if you know the words. One, two, three, it's time for Animation Deliberation! A conversation
0: and a celebration
1: of our favorite action animated series, yeah!
0: yeah welcome back to another episode of animation deliberation the podcast where we take action animation and cartoon seriously but not too seriously we're your hosts i'm Zahara Lee, and i am andrew rogers and just like the swarm of bunnies we have swarm of excitement for this episode this week the action is back our prime characters are back competent storytelling is back and we're excited about all of it how are you feeling about today's episode uh i i'm, I'm so so taken aback i d- Wonderful
1: episode. We do have like a lot of things to say about it. And I do think it was a great example of kind of what we've complained about about the season, but also realized that like last episode was build. This episode was great fight. I'm sure next episode is going to be more build like we're doing that back and forth. So it was nice to see that come true. But all that I have in my head as you've been talking about demon bunnies is just the rabbit from uh, Monty Python's Holy Grail. I can't remember what they call it but it's the whole holy hand grenade scene with that demon rabbit and that's all that's running through my head
0: right this moment i haven't seen that movie in so long i actually don't even know what you're talking about oh it's the holy hand grenade scene all right we're gonna have to find that
1: yes for the, for for the show
0: for the for, show,
1: obviously for the show for any of you out there who don't know what i'm talking about one of the most tremendous pieces of comedy to ever come out of britain
0: start up on the instagram later
1: Yeah, so just that scene with the... (laughs)
0: put it up on the story.
1: (laughs) Perfection. Did you see what I posted up today that had me chuckling this morning? Uh Uh-uh. I I put on our story, uh, someone took the fight scene with Gojo and Ghetto from the first part of the season, where they're, like, jumping through the building and, like, falling through the sky fighting the ninjas and stuff. They put that and overlaid it with It's Rain and Men. And it, it fits so perfectly well to see them flying through the air to that song. <laughs> As Zuhair is about to get his copyright <laughs> struck while he watches it live on the air. We get 30 seconds. That was like three. <laughs> oh, 30 seconds. Ooh, we can we can use that at some point. I thought it was like 10 seconds.
0: I'm sure it is now. It's the last I heard. It was like 30 seconds. So that was a while ago. So I just kind of stuck with it. But I haven't met okay. Zuhair yet, so
1: yay me. We
0: like not getting sued. Not getting sued is a very important part of our show structure, in case you were wondering, listener. We also like staying hydrated, and one of the best ways to do that is with Liquid IV. One stick of Liquid IV and 60 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. The result of an extensive R&D process to perfect the flavor and efficacy, Liquid IV combines science-backed zero-sugar technology with the brand's commitment to delicious real flavor. No artificial sweeteners and zero-sugar, with the proprietary amino acid allulose blend for a sweet taste without the calories or raised blood glucose levels you get from sugar. Contains eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness with three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks. Good Lord, that is still a tongue twister to this day.
1: I love that you have maintained that you want to read that part because it is a tongue twister, but to simplify it down, it's talking about how healthy that you are going to be listener and you want those amino acids and those electrolytes right now. Because let me tell you, flu season is back. I have a friend who got double vaxxed and they are dying right now from getting the COVID booster and the flu. They're just worse for wear. So I told him drink some liquid IV, get those electrolytes in you, you're gonna want to prep for it. And also just you know, make sure you don't get sick. But if you do, you got that vitamin C, you got those boosters. We don't want you feeling bad. And I honestly, I don't think liquid IV wants you feeling bad either. So I feel like this is a great way to stay healthy. Knock on wood, both myself and Zuhair have managed to stay healthy. We're going to just attribute it to liquid IV. Hopefully that is part of our secret sauce at this point. And like I said, good for you, but also as always good for the world and good for the environment. Liquid IV is non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy, and Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. They partner with leading organizations to fund and foster innovative solutions that help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50-plus countries around the world.
0: Yeah, and to stack on top of all the pros that you're giving, they taste great especially the Citrus Immune Booster one. That one is my favorite. I love it, especially this time of year, being around people. You do not want to get sick. So you can get 20% off when you grab your Liquid IV, hydration multiply, sugar free, or any other variant at liquidiv.com and use code STAYWHELMED at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop at her hydration today using promo code STAYWHELMED at liquidiv.com. And as always, thank
1: you for supporting the brands that support animation deliberation. Duh! woo And without further ado, let's get into this episode, because it was a lot to handle, and you know, I handled it with my liquid IV, but I feel like we have a lot to talk about, so I just want to kind of dive in, go through the synopsis, so we can hit all of it.
0: Yeah, talk about a word I struggled to say. (laughs) I read that like 20 times, like, is it seance? Is it seance? I think seance is a word. We'll go with seance. (laughs) And I, I am going in Japanese. To... So I had no idea how to pronounce it when I listened to it in the episode.
1: <laughs> okay, hang on. I'm, I'm going to pause here. I know I would want to get into this. Do you not know what a seance is? It's like one of those words that I've
0: heard. But if you tell me to define it, I have no idea.
1: So like think of the scene in every sort of spooky movie where they're holding hands around a table and they're being like, oh, spirits from beyond. Come and communicate mm. with us. That's a seance. That's the oh, general okay. like. Western representation of what a séance is, but it's usually some sort of gotcha. communing with spirits that actually happens. Uh, if we could flash in the you more, the more you know, rainbow above my head, that'd be great because I feel like that was a pretty good definition. I mean, Until someone calls headband. me out, I do have the rainbow in my head. <laughs> yeah, I could be very wrong, but I'm like 99
0: percent sure. I mean, that that's fitting with the scene back, that they use that word in. So yes,
1: there you go. That's a very perfect thing, and that scene went something like this. Yuji, Megami, and Eno investigate the barrier preventing sorcerers from entering, and due to its strength, deduce that the veils are being protected somewhere out in the open, which turns out to be Shibuya Central Tower. They confront the three curse users at the top of the tower and destroy one of the veils. Yuji and Megami fight the user in possession of the remaining veils, while Eno fights the other two users. The curse users lament, how the balance of the world changed when Gojo was born as fear of his incredible strength prevented them from being able to do whatever they wanted. Ino uses his curse technique to fight the two curse users, a grandmother and her grandson. The grandson protects his grandmother as she completes a seance, transforming the grandson into Toji Zenon. With Toji's strength, the grandson is able to brutally defeat Ino. Meanwhile, Yuji and Megami fight the other curse user, who is seemingly able to repel all of their attacks. Using his ten shadows, Megami is able to figure out his curse technique is inverse, letting him reverse the strength of powerful attacks. Yuji and Megami trip him up by throwing a barrage of weak and strong attacks at him, eventually defeating him.
0: There were so many ooh moments that happened in this episode, but oh. man was a dope where it's like he came in with the curse energy loaded up on his fist, ready to go in for that oh, hit, and then just, yeah. ooh, drop down. <laughs> just destroys his face. I Apple wanted so, so good.
1: I wanted so badly for that to be the forehead flick when he was like, oh, can we just defeat him with a flick yeah, to the right? forehead? That's what I wanted it to be, It was just the world's strongest, like a Deku flick, pretty much at that point. Like yeah. just give it to us.
0: But for no, a that second, was so... the way that they did the the nonlinear. I thought that the bunnies had him in a genjutsu and that Megumi was like <laughs> going through scenarios before like coming up with one. I didn't realize that they went back, so it's just like, wait, what is happening right now? Uh those are some bad bunnies.
1: Oh boo. <laughs> that was actually a really good example. They they had a couple moments where it was just artist animation, chef's kiss. Yeah. So good uh direction. That one specifically where they did that non bit of storytelling and even if you didn't immediately pick up on, oh this is happening before yeah. They had the kind of haziness, almost like you smear Vaseline on the lens kind of thing. When they did the back in time flashback of, Hey, I figured out mm-hmm. what his, yeah, it was a little bit hazier around the edges. If you took a look it immediately, my mind knew something was wrong and I didn't quite pick it up. And then it took me like a couple of seconds to figure out, Oh, this is before this is him saying, we know what the technique is. So I feel like that was a moment, at least I picked up on. Um, but then the one moment that I really wanted to talk about where animation was just, so good was the focus shift at the beginning of the episode when the yes. three of them were outside the veil talking about like, oh, they have to be somewhere. It just slowly pulled them out of focus and pulled the tower into focus. And I'm sitting there like, <laughs> there was, it's the tower. It's there right was there.
0: So They're much dialogue <laughs> that was happening too. They did yeah. That so soon that that's what was bothering me. It was like, geez, everybody still got like a whole line or two in before they like, finally had the head turn off it's driving me nuts i love it creatively but it's driving me nuts
1: <laughs> yeah like i will say they did it a little sooner than i feel like they should have because like you figure it out way like for a minute i thought it was gonna be one of those itadori's not gonna figure this out he's too dumb we have to like dora the explorer the tower's right there kind
0: of thing <laughs> happening but I don't know if it's like for the people who like aren't familiar with like Japanese landmarks like myself and stuff, like oh yeah, what I is had the no significance it of it, it like it's not like it was like uh you know like the Eiffel Tower or Big Ben or something like something that stands out. It's just kind of like what's the significance of this of this building specifically in Shibuya, then of course, they like give it the title and everything it's like, okay, that's really cool,
1: yeah, and I mean, we kind of knew that they were up there if you stayed for the post credit scene last week because we saw them on top of a tall building, yeah but maybe for did those I remember that that no yeah for those that didn't remember for those that missed that scene it was like okay here you go they're on top of that but i i thought it was a really i love when you have good storytelling direction and i feel like anime does it less often than like cinema does mm-hmm. because they're much they're following a manga and i doubt they did this in and out of focus thing in the manga i would love if they did but I'm guessing this was a directorial choice in the animating room, which is yeah. awesome. So, so cool that they decided to do that just for us.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that they were able to just jump over to the top of the tower instead of having like <laughs> a old anime trope of like five episodes of going up the floors and dealing with yeah. the boss on each one. Uh, but just the way that he flew up with Nui and just got a piece of like, why they were using that wire and how they, like the two seconds was literally all they needed it's, yep. it's just, it's just oh my god why am i forgetting your name
1: i i don't know who you were attempting to talk about
0: maki maki oh maki yes. yeah yeah it's just something as simple as maki be like here wire it's for me that makes sense to everybody yes yes it does thank you carry on
1: <laughs> this episode was clean yes. when it came to explanations in like especially you have so much to ask. Yeah, but no, you have that scene with Maki and then the quick like explanation of here's his power. Oh, but why? Like, why can't we just flick him? Boom, upper, lower limits. So there's got to be some bottom end. So here's how we're going to do it.
0: Perfect. It was so, so
1: clean with it.
0: The veil stuff was a little confusing at first, but it wasn't too bad. I got the gist of it because, again, they went into... Show me something to make it make sense instead of just explaining it and me having to wait a whole episode. The fact that they showed us those those markers that we saw in the subway before, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, so I understand that somebody has to be like inside of their veil or controlling the veil like the driver typically does. But the fact that they actually have a piece that can sustain it while they're on the outside is like, oh, okay, that makes more sense now. The explanation yeah. was a little rough, but the implementation of it really helped with that.
1: I think my only confusion was I thought all three of these had to be destroyed to get the veil down. And the synopsis that we just read kind of makes it sound like like there's three veils. There's three because we know there's multiple veils. But and I, I think assumed... there's like
0: two that are layered on top of each other, too.
1: Yeah, but I assumed because there was the one veil marker like inside that grasshopper was protecting Mm -hmm. so i thought that took down one veil and then that there was going to be the other marker that was in the subway station near ghetto that was going to be another one and that these three were connecting the top one so i think i'm still a little bit blurry on that i'm just going to take this at its word and okay we can't get in until they're all destroyed anyway whether it's releasing three veils or just releasing one doesn't really matter we know we can't get in until
0: until the Toji is defeated, which yeah. whoa, was not, uh, not expected. Quick headcanon before we get to Toji. My okay. understanding, right or not headcanon, I guess my understanding of it, is that there's two barriers that we're looking at, and each of them are double layered. One layer keeping the sorcerers out and the internal layer keeping humans in. Uh, I think that was the explanation that they gave in an earlier episode. So I could see there being like two bubbles that are two layered veils. So if we've seen four pieces that are keeping them up, I think all that tracks.
1: Yeah, I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with it being multi-layered. I just think uh, once again, this is another weird, we're not getting all the pieces. They could have slightly told this better. But it didn't but, slow
0: down the story, which no,
1: no, it, it it didn't, and I think that's the biggest thing to take away. Like, even if I'm a little bit confused, we're clear that we have to take out the other thumbtacks before we mm-hmm. can keep moving. So that's it. I don't need the as much as I want the full explanation as a person who I am. I think from a storytelling perspective, it's yeah. fine because it's such a minute part. It's it's really a MacGuffin of why we're fighting at all. Right, this moment is just yeah. to get the thumbtacks. So that's yeah. We still
0: have like what twelve episodes to go.
1: Yeah, we have so, so much left. And I, honestly, I was equally as concerned as you were that we were going to get a, like, fight through the tower episode this week to kind mm-hmm. of fill the time yeah, of, like, don't. okay, well, now they got to get up there. And I'm just like, come on. And you're talking, like, Itadori can't pull a Superman and leap building in a single bound here. Yeah. But. All right. Continue with your Toji hype. Oh, my God, Toji. I was... <laughs> That was my biggest oh my gosh moment of the episode. I was not ready for that. No, because I was like, oh, he's going to turn into some sort of weird demon beast. I assumed it was another one of the things that they stole from Jujutsu High or something along those lines. Like that's what it was going to be. Kind of how like Choso turned into like the blood user that we've seen. It was going to be something along those lines. And just to see like hear her say Toji. I was like, no, no, it can't be. And then see half of his face imbued on that guy was just Oh What's and it's like
0: if this
1: if this moment is the entire reason that we got the original five episodes, yeah. I'm sold. Maybe there's more reason that we got those five episodes, but if it's literally just for now we have to fight Toji again in the present, yeah. I'm here for it. Because also it was the most brutal thing we've seen in a while, like that blood splatter, I was really digging Eno's character only to have that happen. Mm-hmm. But also his son is at the base of this tower and I don't know how that's going to go down.
0: Yeah. I think of a Toji son or, Eno's son. I was like, wait, what? No, no. N- yeah. Not Iino. lots, lots of questions. You, you, I mean, you, you, you nailed it in terms of like, there was a reason we had so much of him in these first five episodes. Like that, yes. that flashback scene was multifaceted for a reason. It was very foundational, building. like, all of that had the intention of being brought back up throughout the series and needing to have that background information. And for us as fans to be able to react the way that we did, I was like, we know what Mm -hmm. he's capable of. Like he damn near killed Gojo, who was one of the We have more emphasis in this episode of how incredibly powerful he is. Yeah. And he's the one that you got to stop to get through the stuff now. Mm -hmm. Crap yeah
1: i think and it's such a i don't know about you this was probably the last way that i thought those first five episodes were going to matter i assumed that was going to be ghetto backstory that was going to be how the cult was formed that was going to be maybe
0: learning gosh, about his dad in some way
1: maybe learning about his dad or even just uh the reincarnation character that i cannot remember the name of off the top of my head like it was going to be something about those characters him coming back to life was literally Tengen? like or the Tengen, girl. thank you. Okay. Yeah, Tengen or the girl any of those things. Yeah. Toji coming back to life did not make my bingo card. Like I have lost the game at this point because I just didn't think that was even on the table. So it's so so cool to be surprised this hard. I'm so in now
0: with what's going so on. So here's where we need next week's elaboration. Is the grandson just borrowing Toji's powers? Like, does he have a space yes. and identity and issue? Like, so at what it, point does that manifest into, like, Toji being Toji?
1: Yeah, I think there is definitely that question, because also you say, does it manifest as his powers? Toji doesn't have powers. Like, that's the whole thing is he does not have cursed energy. So is it now... He has a very little itty-bitty bit. A little itty. But yeah, is it now, like, that's why Eno got got, is because he couldn't sense the energy? Like, this guy lost all of his energy, but now does that mean the grandson has the heavenly pact that we still don't really know what that means? Or is it just his physical prowess? Like The what? heavenly
0: pact is him not being able to use cursed energy in exchange for him being a freaking badass. Right. But, like, can that be transferred just via this? I don't is know, it just... This is where the whole like soul conversation comes into place, right? right. So it's like if you're borrowing but... his abilities via cursed energy, I imagine like the heavenly pack like comes with it. So I'm gonna
1: guess that you're right on the money with that soul conversation because a seance, as I even said at the top, is communing with a soul or a spirit. Yeah. So perhaps it was the grandmother brought Toji's spirit. And then the grandson's technique is just the ability to harness the spirit. So essentially it's gonna be more or less Toji back.
0: But she's it's, used it
1: before too. We got that in the flashback. Oh yeah, I mean we know she's used it before, but the daughter didn't seem to have any power.
0: Yeah, so I I think it's just her happening to use her grandson because she doesn't want to do it.
1: Yeah. Type thing. But maybe the grand maybe that's the grandson's technique is to like also get the power of another spirit or something along those lines because he didn't seem to have any sort of technique prior to um gaining toji
0: you know there was a (laughs) there was another character a naruto who was like seemingly a badass he had a headband he had a sword and like in his one fight scene he just died like he lost and we were just like wow we're never going to learn like more about this person so the fact <laughs> when he now had like literally the exact same get up and then got knocked out the way he did I was like oh my god is this another variation of that dude <laughs> like down to the look and everything Jeez, his water yeah. bending
1: was really cool though the I really wish I hope he's not dead and that he can come back because I wanted more explanation of that I looked up what the four auspicious beasts are and it seems to be there's the Azure Dragon, Vermilion Bird, White Tiger, and Black Tortoise, which are representative of the directions and seasons. Directions? Northeast, Southwest. So
0: it, it's essentially right, I'm just... Going back to my, um, I'm going back to my Avatar lore with like the first Avatar when he like went to four different animals to learn the four different bendings. I'm wondering if there was like a correlation with that. I'm overthinking.
1: There definitely is some correlation. There's been conversation about this, but the lion turtles are just fully benevolent beings that have all of the bending. So there's that to contend with as well, because there's not really a mole character in the four that I just mentioned, nor a tiger in Avatar.
0: No, the mole was the earth right but I'm, learned.
1: but I'm saying the four auspicious beasts that i mentioned it was azure dragon vermilion bird white tiger and black tortoise none of those are a mole <laughs> gotcha so i'm like the connection well. also the water is the moon so there's that <laughs> other thing oh, we
0: need to do a avatar and Korra thing oh, just waiting we're... for that new movie to come out yeah when that when that
1: movie happens i'm like Does not matter what happens. We will do something about Avatar because there's so much to talk about. But yeah, there's definitely correlations. Because there's also correlations between the four nations and four actual nations on Earth in history. So much lore. Regardless, I just wanted to mention because there was mention that he draws his powers from the four auspicious beasts. That's where water was coming from would Mm. be the Azure Dragon. And I really wanted to see him bring out all of the powers of these beasts And really go into, you know, can he use all of the elements or what it really looks like or even pull out some of the fighting techniques named after these animals? I thought it was just going to be so cool. And then to just watch him get got was brutal.
0: Yeah, it's like, I want to believe that he's alive, but I also know that Koji's just has no chill with stuff like that. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't know about believe that he's alive. I hope that he's alive. I don't also like, sorry, I don't know why this popped in my head so randomly. Eno's appreciation for how you pa- know and megumin's appreciation for how powerful itadori is that they comparative him anatomy right off the top too yeah that was just an interesting them interesting thing for them to know like megumin was so much fun to watch and you see like a little bit of toji in him especially with like the way that he was standing on the light post with the like he has such finesse it's scene. so cool and I'm excited to see face up just because of the similarities, despite them never having trained together. But just like acknowledgement of like how important it already actually is to the story and just seeing that synergy between the two of them, because they have been training together for a while now. Yeah. Uh, that that chemistry is just really cool to see in fruition.
1: Yeah, no, you know, was good. There's, these characters really did a quick job of growing back together and, and coming to the forefront of character driven. Mm-hmm. But I, I also loved Eno's conversation that he had with uh, Nanami in the uh, what looked like a K barbecue place, just made right. me hungry. That was such a good like, you're powerful enough. You could be a semi first grade. Why aren't you doing it in this respect for tradition and mm-hmm. those around him and wanting to like get that prowess? Because I feel <laughs> like it's not often
0: like you're so lame.
1: <laughs> But it's not often that we see these characters, and they're not just straight up jealous. Like yeah. he saw how powerful Itadori's blows were, and he wasn't. Oh man, I'm jealous of this guy's power. It was instead, oh, I got to do more so that I can be respectable like him, so mm-hmm. that I can get you know more out of it. So I thought, I thought he was just a really interesting character to be bringing out. And oh, why
0: am I drawing that a blank on that saying? It's like this sees this damn it's not coming to me <laughs> it's
1: all good but yeah all in all it was a great episode and like the fight scenes were all so fluidly animated i i have no complaints it was just awesome to let itadori and megami go off together again like i feel like we haven't seen them really fight together since since that moment where
0: itadori died in season one spoilers yeah, there was a little bit of. There was a little bit of it at the end of last season where the three of them went on a mission together, but they kind of got split up. Mm-hmm. Uh, So it really wasn't for that long. I think we saw more of him and um, excuse me for forgetting the girl's name. But yeah, we, we kind of saw them together with Megumin off of his own the first time that he used his ability. Man, I'm forgetting all the terms today. Technique. But yeah, it has been a while. It's expansion. Lot, I guess. But, yeah, it's
1: uh, it's heating up. It's continuing to get better. And I mean, we have how many other groups outside the veil that are probably going to start to get fight scenes and episodes like this, ho- hopefully. It's going to be sweet.
0: Yeah, it sounds like this, they were just like in it now. And hopefully they just like continue to keep a good tempo and pace with that.
1: Yeah, that would be that'd be nice if they could keep that Moving and grooving. Anything
0: else you want to groove?
1: No, I think that's all that my groove has. I got to just gush about a bunch of cool things this episode. I am very satisfied with it.
0: Yeah, I'm still keeping my expectations tempered because they've scarred me a little too much this season.
1: That's why I'm not not very much enjoying this.
0: I just like i not giddy like the way that the way that Jillian was like. Flipping out of the way that I didn't respond to the Gato unveil like that was that didn't happen with this toji and I was like oh intrigue
1: intrigue 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 that's I want more and more. I'm, I'm glad we're dragging you into the depths here yeah oh one thing I gotta say it because it came back to my mind and I one almost just started thing. chuckling no, I'm just struggling. The comedy, the comedy always gets me having <laughs> that super serious moment with Megami at the start of the episode and then just that little like teddy bear looking spirit behind him that that Itador just comes up and kicks in the face and then just looks but with at him,
0: that like, little chibi style that they have yeah, like the dot style, eyes like, and like what no shading <laughs>
1: whatsoever.
0: <laughs> so good.
1: Can't not call it out because I called out the great animation. I have to call out the fun animation as well.
0: Oh my god! The way that the demon dog was just like crawling up the like upside down like a horror movie. Like it even had the sound effect. Like, psh, 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 I was like, ugh.
1: "Demon dogs were just on some." It stuff really is October. Yes, it is Shibuya, baby. It closed down Shibuya, <laughs> Shibuya. for
0: boo, yeah, because ghosts. Boo,
1: boo, indeed, boo indeed. Ah. Our energy. Our energy's something else right now. Yeah, I'm going to go burn that energy on watching Commander's football now. Yes, it is Thursday Night Football, so we tried to keep it short,
0: and I feel like we still got out everything we wanted to, so I'm proud of us for that. I like our 30-minute episodes for this. Yeah, Ooh, they're good? nice. They're it's tight. Between 30 and 35. 35-ish 35, seems to be the average. I feel like it works. And if you uh, have any thoughts on how well it works, you can
1: feel free to write in, give us any sort of feedback that you like. As always, animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com. We are happy to hear from you there, as well as on all of our social medias that I believe are listed at the end of the episode by Zuhair every single week. And uh, what if they don't want to listen to you talk about animation? What if they want to like to you talk about something like football?
0: Yeah, you can listen to me talk to football on the 323 with Reed Murphy. That's REID, where we do our weekly picks, talk about the big stories, and occasionally have games and top fives that just have me laughing hysterically. Uh, Very entertaining show. Please go check it out. Check out anything on strainofpanda.com. Check out Jay Scotty on Multiverse News. And be sure to check us out next week and tune in next time. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. And as always, stay whelmed.
1: And until we pull the pin on the holy hand grenade, muscle muscle.
0: Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Strand Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandofpanda.com or join the great community that is the Strand Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com/groups/svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed